0: Hello and welcome to the Crochet Circle Podcast. This is episode 19 which is called Sweater Socks and Woolly Wool. <laughs> There's quite a lot of woolly wool in this episode. Quite a lot of sweaters and quite a lot of socks as well. My name is Faye and I'm coming to you from Cheshire in England. Now you can find me all over the place but the main points are that you can pick up the podcast audio only from Podbean and that's com. I also do a video version of this podcast which is on YouTube and you just look for the Crochet Circle podcast channel. Um, I'm most active on Instagram and Ravelry, and on Instagram it's Crochet underscore circle underscore podcast, and if you go to Ravelry, there's a specific group for the crochet circle, and if you want to know what I'm up to with my company, then on Instagram that's the best place to find me, and that's knit it it on Instagram, or if you go to my business website, I've got a blog that leads off from that website, so I tend to upload quite a lot of the stuff that I'm learning as a crocheter, as a crafter, and little bits that are helpful that link back to the business that also grow other people's learning as I've learned along with it so they are all of the places that you can check me out and if you want to know what I'm up to personally on Ravelry and the projects that I'm undertaking then I am Ma Dashper, and all of that information is in the show notes which can also be found at Podbean I hope you're all doing well um, for me, it is now coming up for a quarter to three. I was meant to start recording yesterday. Then I was going to be recording at half ten this morning. And some podcasts are difficult births. And this has been one of them for various reasons. Yesterday I managed to completely delete all of the show notes for this episode. So it's time to relax and have a nice episode. And enjoy recording now that i'm finally here right i'm gonna shut up and get on with it so i've got for you this time around we've got old dog new tricks and um, finished objects works in progress we've got a really great book review of the crochet sock collection which is by vicki brown and the review has been done by two lovely listeners stroke watchers which are anna and hayley so i'll go through that with you and i'll make sure that you've got loads of details and i'll point you to where else you can get more information on that book review and we've also got the festival of finishing craft along that'll be just a a quick um update on that and some information on the back to school sweater cal that Tamara and Helen are organizing because there's some really good stuff going on there and then I would come off the back of that with my feeding the habit which is, it's sizable because it was my birthday month just gone so there has been wool (laughs) Um, and then I'll finish it off with big up and what's good shall we move on into old dog new tricks this is probably something that I already knew about but didn't really filter into my brain space and think about it that much. So last time around I was talking about the fact that I had finished my Hove beach bag which was using the Gossipium cotton which is Erica And this cotton is, um, it comes in 50 gram balls and they are 100 meters per 50 grams and um it's 100 percent cotton and I said that I was going to remake the Hove bag in some yarn and colors now I was going to use their cotton but actually I ended up using their charming range instead because I really loved the colors and I wanted something that was going to be really quite vibrant and I thought well it's um it's very similar it's 102.5 meters per 50 grams so it's only two and a half meters more per 50 grams than the Erica Knight cotton. The difference is, however, that this is a cotton acrylic mix. And what I should have known, but didn't really think about, is that of course something that is 100% cotton has got very little give to it. And what that means is that when you're crocheting with it, pretty much what you crochet is what you get because it doesn't condense down much, so, um, because it doesn't have that much give to it. Whereas the cotton acrylic mix has got quite a lot more give to it. It's a lot more stretch. And when you crochet with it, it does condense down. And so your, um, your stitch count and your row count is out. And for some reason, I didn't even think about that when I was... Um, starting out on my second Hove bag it didn't occur to me at all that the blend of the yarn would have a completely different sizing effect on the finished project like, you know I'm not stupid this is something that I should have been able to think about and realise but for some reason I just I didn't um, and it has made quite a bit of a difference so the gossypium cotton one, so the 100% cotton bag has got 18 and a half stitches and 21 rows over 10 centimeters. And the Charming, the um, Yarn and Colours Charming with that acrylic added in is 21 stitches and 24 rows over 10 centimeters. So that's quite a difference in the sizing of your bag. Let me just show you, and I'll pop a photo up in the show notes. But you can see how much more I've got in the Gossipium cotton, in the Erica Knight version of the bag. It is quite a bit larger. And to ensure that the second version was going to be tall enough, I actually had to add an extra three rows um, onto the pattern just to give it that bit of extra height because it really was lacking. So, Yeah. I definitely learned a lesson on that front. I mean, luckily, I hadn't really ever intended for this one to take the insert for the um, the Obang beach liner that I talked about in the last episode. Um, and I quite like it just as a handbag or a bit of a shopper on its own. I think it's lovely. And it will fit the liner, but it just doesn't fit as well as the, the first one I made in Erica's cotton. But, yeah, that really taught me a lesson because I suspect I would have previously just looked at a yarn substitute gone well yeah that's 400 meters for 100 grams and this one says in the pattern it should be 400 meters for 100 grams so it will be a good like for like um swap over but the reality is if it's a different um breed of wool that could have an impact on you and your finished result If it's a blend like I have here with some acrylic in it, so it could be your socks with 25% nylon or 10% nylon, that would have a difference to it, potentially whether it's been woolen or worsted spun could have a difference to your swatch. So you know what I'm going to say, it's really important to swatch and know what your tension is going to be. And I rather suspect that had I moved up to a a 3.5mm hook rather than what I suggest in the pattern which is a 3mm hook, this would have been absolutely um, spot on for gauge. So, yeah, that was a really good lesson learned, especially given that I'm about to move into quite a bit more um, garment making, crochet and knitting. Um, so, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to make that mistake again and just think that if the meterage to the grammage is the same, then it will react in the same way and be the same type of uh, knitted or crocheted fabric at the end of it. So it's not all lost because I still really love the bag and it was a really good lesson learned and I, I won't do that again. If it's something where tension really isn't an issue, then it, it doesn't really matter as long as you're getting a fabric out of it that you really like. Um, but if tension is an issue, then swatch swatch, there is no way around that I'm afraid. Let's move on to finished objects. Just heard me talk about one of them and seen it on screen, which is my Hove um, beach bag number two, which is now covered in cat hair and my hair. The cat thought this was amazing when this one hit the the sofa. Pom pom was all over it. He really liked how fluffy it was. So that was um finished object number one, and I have just added some really lovely, just plain leather handles to this one. I've done it in a really, it's called. Petrol, Pink Sand and Cream. So the Pink Sand is more like a coral colour, it's really nice and vibrant. And I love the Petrol and it's got this kind of washed out denim look across those colours. So I'm, I'm loving that. And keep a lookout out because I've got enough of this left and I've got spare bag handles. And um, I'm going to do a giveaway on Knit It Hook It on Instagram probably, though I might upload it onto the Ravelry for the Crochet Circle as well. Um, But I've got enough left for somebody to do another bag. So I will give away a full kit for the Hove Beach Bag with the pattern, which has now gone to paid for, and um, the yarn and the handles. So keep a little lookout for that one. So that was um finished object number one. I've also been working towards trying to get some bits and pieces done for Festival of Finishing and um, there was one thing that I had to put quite a lot of time and effort into because it's quite slow going and that was my TARDIS cushion. So I actually managed to finish off the cross stitch part of it before we went on holiday and I was contemplating (laughs) taking the sewing machine on holiday with this because we were we were going up to Scotland for a holiday so it was completely feasible. I'm, glad, I'm really glad I didn't because I think I took eight other projects and out of those projects I only worked on two of them. I got them both finished but yeah eight projects plus a sewing machine just would have been holiday project overkill for sure. So I didn't actually make it into a cushion until I got back on the we got back on the Saturday and I spent Sunday working on this because I just I wanted it done I didn't want it kind of hanging over me anymore so I'm so chuffed with this I would not say that I'm a particularly good um, machine sewer I'm okay Um, and this project definitely well I thought it was going to stretch me more than it did and I've learned how to do mitered corners and piping and I'm actually I'm, I'm kind of quite I'm quite chuffed with what I did um and I love the overall look of the cushion and it now sits on the sofa in our kitchen and Matthew really likes it because of course it's Doctor Who themed and I am not really a Who fan I'll sit and watch it occasionally with him so he just loves the fact that he thinks he's Having an impact on me, and that I am bringing Doctor Who stuff into the house. So that was um, that got finished off a couple of weeks ago now, and I'm really chuffed with it. It looks it looks lovely in our kitchen actually. I'm I'm really pleased with my workmanship on it. I think. Now with this again, I overbought. I'm really good at overbuying material and everything that I need. So the pattern that I have got came from Stellar Spacecraft and you can buy it on Etsy but you need between four and five skeins of um, an acceptable blue and I happen to have five skeins left and an awful lot of the material that I was cross stitching onto so what I wanted to do was offer this up as a quick prize to somebody and it'll be quite a quick turnaround. So from maybe from the day of this going out to seven days later and all you need to do is write uh, a comment on YouTube. Something like your favourite Doctor Who episode. That'll be fun actually because Matthew's such a massive Who fan. He can sit and look through all of your comments. So what your favourite Doctor Who episode is or if you're not a Who fan but you just like the idea of doing the cushion what it is that appeals to you about the cushion and I will then send you through I will re-download and pay for a next version of the pattern I will send you out the threads that you need and I will send you out the material that you need to stitch on and then it would be up to you to find the cushion filler and the backing material to make it up um, so yeah, I'll open up a thread on Ravelry uh, or you can just leave a comment on the YouTube down below and tell me what your favourite episode is or what it is you particularly like about and um, the TARDIS Fleur de Lis cushion design. I will then pick one out and I will send it out to you. And that's open. It doesn't matter where you are worldwide because I can post this out nice and flat and it will be quite simple to post out to you. And then that also means I don't have loads of other crafting materials hanging about the house which after the festival of finishing is one of the things I'm trying to do is finish a project assess whether I'm ever going to work with that yarn again or those crafting materials and if I'm not off they go so somebody can be the recipient of um, a kind of a cushion pack like this I I do love it like I say Matthew's well chuffed that I am being a little bit geeked up by him He's been trying for years. It's finally getting there. Um, What else have I made? I had some other bits for Festival of Finishing. And you may remember me showing these off. I'd done some tapestries um, that were meant to be made into needle bags, knitting needle bags. And for various reasons the tapestries just didn't really work. And the little dog ones I was actually going to send to the charity shop and uh, Crochet Cavalier from Australia pinged me a message and said don't do it I'm sure you can find something lovely that you want to make with your little dog tapestries please don't just give them away and so I took her advice I took them back out of the charity shop bag and when I was doing the the sewing up of the cushion I pondered for a little while over what I could do with the tapestries and then I finally came up with the idea that actually Pretty perfect for pincushions. So I just found some corresponding fabric for the back, and I've made up a set of pincushions with the tapestries. I have to say I felt a little awful taking scissors to the tapestries because I had to cut them down. So I got two from the dog ones and three from the floral tapestry that I had created and I felt brutal cutting them up because I wasn't quite sure whether the wool would come undone or not and it didn't luckily, which is, which was great but yeah, it felt quite shameful to have put all of this work all hours of work into these tapestries to then be cutting them up but actually I love the end result and these are going to be sent out to um, some of my favourite people and people that really deserve a little handmade gift in post so every single one of those five will be heading off out to a a deserving recipient over the coming weeks so that was another five things and you know two tapestries that were just languishing in my house doing nothing that have now actually been made into something useful because of the festival of finishing craft along so yeah i'm really pleased with them and then my other and final finished object is another shawl. Everybody loves shawls. I think it's, they're probably the most popular things that are made um, for crocheters and knitters um, because everyone seems to like a good shawl pattern. It doesn't matter how many shawls you already have, and Corrine I'm thinking about you in particular, you still end up wanting to have more shawls. It's just, there's something about them, they're very wearable and I guess they're quite generally quite affordable projects to do as well. So the latest shawl that I've done is the front shawl, which is one of Joanne's Grace's patterns um, from the crochet project. It was a really nice pattern to have on holiday. It's quite easy to memorise and um, it grows quite quickly because you're starting at the thinnest point and getting larger. And I did it, the pattern calls for two 100 gram skeins of DK, but I actually did it in a four ply because the mix that I had with the four ply was merino, possum and nylon, I think. So it's really quite fluffy. And I did it with a six millimeter hook. and um, So I wanted it to be quite almost lacy but quite spaced out rather than something that was really quite dense and that's exactly what I achieved. They are all of my finished objects for this month. I really thought I would have more because I thought I I would be able to do more on holiday. There is one more thing that I was working on which I'll be able to show you next time round and that's a new shawl that I have um, designed. But I figured rather than showing it to you now I'll wait until I've actually got the shawl finished off. It's being tech edited at the moment. I've already done the YouTube tutorial for it, so I figured oh, I'll just show it to you when I've got it all ready to show and I can say you can go and get it now if you want to. So you'll see that next time around instead. Um, but yeah, that's it. Everything seems to have just taken longer this month. So moving on to works in progress. I said last time that I wanted to remake a pair of the Evesham socks by Joanne's Grace um, as part of the crochet project. Now, I've made these previously in the Socks yeah Yarn by Coop Knits, and I want to try it in a slightly woolier wool because I think it might stay up on my ankle better. I've got quite thin ankles. Um, and so I did start and I was trying to do the comparison so... My aim was to do this sock in exactly the same size and gauge that I'd used for my previous sock. Um, I haven't really got any further than I did last time rounding the podcast. And that's because when I went look- and looked back at my socks that I've already finished, um, actually I'd done the medium size and for these ones I started the small. Uh, and when I looked at it my gauge has just changed so drastically in what must be I think a 12 month period of time and that is something that I've been trying to do and be conscious of because I was a very tight crocheter, and what that meant was that when I started designing my gauge would always be a little bit out from where other people would have an expectation of it to be so I've consciously been trying to loosen up my crochet a bit, and clearly it's worked. So I don't feel like this is a good enough comparison and something that I would want to take forward for the podcast because there is no it, it's apples and pears rather than apples and apples for a comparison. And that's that's not really good enough. So I'm actually going to frog this, and what I've done is started on a different sock instead and what i'm doing is working from the um the step into crochet book that claudia gave me the ron strong book and my plan is to actually crochet up two well eventually it will be four pairs of socks but from two patterns so one set that will be toe up one set that will be cuffed down and what that will do is give me a comparison of which technique I prefer or whether there is a preference. But I will do the same pattern twice in two different wools. So I should have really quite a nice comparison on um, what I would describe as slightly silkier wools like the and um, by Koopnitz. And woolier wools like this which is the regular one that I spoke about in the last Podcast, and um, what that will also do is give me four pairs of socks, and therefore, I will have reviewed two of the patterns within the Step into Crochet book, so I can then do a proper book review on that. For anyone that's new to the podcast, I tend to do book reviews, or other people help me out with book reviews as well, like the one that I'll go into in a little bit. Um, but I only do it if two or more of the patterns have actually been worked up because I don't much see the point in doing a book review which is just flicking through and saying oh I like that pattern and I like that pattern I think that's a bit pointless really because it doesn't mean to say that the pattern would actually work up that you could get gauged, that it was accurate to me if I want to read a review to understand whether a book is good enough for me to want to buy then I want it to have been properly reviewed and worked from. And so that's why you probably get fewer reviews on this podcast, but the ones that you do get are really quite in-depth. And the same with the yarn reviews. I will only properly review a yarn if I have crocheted and knitted with it, washed it, blocked it, seen whether there's any dye bleed in it. And I can tell you kind of hand on heart how I genuinely felt about that yarn. So again these things take quite a bit of time and I do do reviews but they're not every single month but I think that's a better way around than giving not a false review because that's unfair but such a basic review that it almost doesn't mean anything so I've just frogged back that sock and I did that with good reason because what I wanted to do is show you where I've got to with one of Ron's patterns, which is the Gorman Shorty Sock, um, which I'm using the same yarn, which is the Regia. It's a four ply, and I think it's 75% wool and 25% nylon. It's really nice to work with. It's got a nice variation to it, but I really haven't got very far with this pattern, basically... I have a teddy bear sombrero. That's that's as far as I've got at the moment. Um, it's taken me a little while to get to this point. Not because of the pattern. Just because um time. And I've ripped it back three times. Because um, I was struggling to make the difference between centimetres and inches. 100% my fault. I was reading measurements wrongly. And just couldn't get my head around it. And I think I am now finally there as of last night. So come next podcast, I will have whipped through these socks and may have done one in this wool and one in another type of wool for the same pattern. So I can offer you up that um, comparison next time round. What I would say is that the Ron Strong book is really detailed. It gets you to measure out all of your sock. There are seven key measurements and he gets you to measure out all of them and then apply them to the patterns. On face value, it can look overly complicated and I really don't think it is. I think what it will do is lend me towards a really good fitting sock and a great understanding of crocheted sock construction, which means that that would then put me in the same place that I am with my knitted socks because I understand how each element of the knitted sock works and I know exactly how many stitches I need, what size needles I should be doing and I now simply need to go through that piece of work for my crocheted socks as well. I mean, I've made crocheted socks that I think are really quite nice fitting like the Winter Wonder ones that I did, which is a Vicky Brown pattern. Um but I think I can still get a better fitting sock and that's where Ron's book is going to take me, hopefully. So, more on that to follow. Hopefully some actual finished socks next time round in this um, Regia wool. But yeah, it just wasn't happening. I probably would have had a finished sock had I not ripped it back three times. It, It really has been one of those ones. We've been away. Um, we've had a house full this weekend just gone Um, all of my family were down for a family party um, Matthew and I haven't been sleeping properly because it's been so hot it's just been one of those times where all of the things that you want to do they haven't really come together <laughs> so yeah I will be working away on them over the coming weeks and that I think Yeah, that's it for works in progress. I do have another thing which I've got on my hook, but that is, um, it's another shawl that I'm working up, another shawl design, and again, there's no point in showing you that until I'm ready to properly show off, which will probably be September time. But it is quite exciting. But I'll explain more in the September podcast. So yeah, that's it for works in progress. Not too many, But I finished up some fairly chunky projects um, and I've got plenty in the pipeline and what I'm actually doing at the moment is just eyeing up lots of sweaters thinking what can I do for the back to school sweater cal so I'm probably not going to hook on too many more things because I know that I probably want to do two different garments for the crochet along but I'll speak more about that in a moment so moving on to the book review um, this time around we're looking at the Crochet Sock Collection which is a collection of six socks all designed by Vicky Brown who is Vicky Brown Designs on Etsy and Ravelry. So I put a call out saying does anybody want to do a book review for the podcast and Haley and Anna both came back and said well I've done enough to be able to review the Crochet Sock Collection. And, boy, have they done enough. <laughs> I've been watching them go through these socks and sharing their stuff on the Crochet Circle podcast group in Ravelry and also on Instagram. And if you want to find them both, Hayley is Hayree, which is H-A-Y-R-I-E, on Instagram and on Ravelry. And Anna is Lily Rose Petal, L-I-L-Y for Lily, Rose Petal on Ravelry and The Crochet Ninja on Instagram. And I suggest you go and look at their accounts, Um, in particular on Ravelry because what they've both done is they have both independently crocheted every single one of the six patterns and they've popped Ravelry project pages up for all of them, showing what yarn they've used, um, what they did with the pattern, what hook size they've used. So they've both added really decent information into their Ravelry project, so have a a look at that. So what I do when people review bits and pieces for me is they've got a kind of in brief few sections that they answer, and then they can go into more depth with some standard questions that I ask. So I'll go through some of the in brief bits and then a couple of extra bits within the podcast, but if you want to see their full reviews, I've already uploaded them to Ravelry, and it's under the book review section in the crochet circle podcast group and what i've also done is pull together the photos of all of their socks because they've used completely different yarns and you know from kind of a luminous green through to bright sunshine yellow through to variegated so you can really see how the patterns work up in different yarns from the ones that vicky has got in her book so the Book itself, as I've said, is six sock, um, crocheted sock patterns, and it cost twelve pounds to buy in the UK. Hailey's actually based over in Canada, and it cost her twenty Canadian dollars. So, um, and she, you, for that, you get the hard copy, and you can be sent a digital copy as well. Um, so overall, they both gave the book five out of five. They both said in terms of value for money, it was five out of five and because you're two pounds for a sock pattern. And I think when Anna bought hers, actually the book was half price if she bought a skein of yarn from Vicky. And Vicky's yarn is generally about 14 pounds for 100 grams, which is a really decent price for hand-dyed yarn in this day and age. You often come across um, dyers that are kind of 21 pounds and upwards so 14 pounds for 100 grams and then the, the book was half price that's a really good deal Um, i'm not sure if that deal is still ongoing i couldn't find it last night but it might be something that vicky does again in the future so Anna had effectively paid a pound for each of her sock patterns I asked whether they would recommend it to a friend and Hayley said, yes! <laughs> if you've ever wanted to try crocheting socks, I can't recommend Ricky's Patterns enough. They're easy to read and most importantly, they make a sock that is actually comfortable. And um, Anna said, definitely. I've already recommended it to lots of people on Instagram and on Rawori and she has, they both have. Um, they're kind of, um, they are the crochet sock collection evangelists <laughs> Um so just to pull out some of the other bits and pieces that they had to say I asked Anna were the patterns easy to follow and she said mostly she's new to sock making so she found it difficult at first but after the first pair she had a much better sense of sock construction and I do think that is a key factor to pull out is You get better at making socks crocheted or knitted when you actually understand what each part does and how that follows through and the changes that you make to the pattern and how that would affect the rest of your sock. She says that Vicky's patterns are very clear and she offered additional help when Anna needed it. Um, On reflection she should have asked more about the heel construction on the sparkler sock as that was the pair that she struggled with the most. And Hayley, just turn this over. Um, I asked Hayley what she liked most about the book and she said that her favourite part was that it shows so many different sock techniques. None of them are the same so you don't get bored and you learn a lot on sock construction. She also thinks it's beautifully laid out. and really like showing it off to pretty much anyone who asks what it is that she's working on. I asked if there was anything that Haley didn't like and she said that the size charts didn't really match her measurements for any of the socks. So she just guessed on some of the previous socks that she had made and then stuck for that throughout the rest of the book. Um, Next time she's going to play around a bit more of the sizes so she can make the fitting a little bit um, snugger. And also because she's used to American terminology and it is in English terminology, crochet terminology. um, So she had to do quite a lot of conversion. She says it wasn't a big deal but there were definitely a couple of times where she forgot and she had to frog back a few rows. So that's just one thing to keep in mind if you're not a UK crocheter and you're working from this book it is definitely UK crochet terminology so yes if you want to see the full reviews go to the Crochet Circle group on Ravelry and have a look at them there um, yeah the girls really have worked every single sock out of those patterns and I think they've both done another at least one of the patterns again for other people So they, have well and truly worked through this book and are fantastic for reviewing it for us. So thank you Anna and Hayley and thank you for showing off the photos and stuff as well. It's really helpful to actually see them worked up and how different the socks are and how they look in different yarns other than the ones that Vicky has suggested in the book. So yes, thank you very much for that. I will provide links for where you can buy the book. So that's already in the show notes for you. But basically you're looking for Vicky Brown Designs on Etsy or you can track her down in Ravelry as well. and You can buy it um, digitally on both of those sites. I wanted to do a quick update on the Festival of Finishing and I just I love the ongoing response to this craft along. It's been it's been fantastic I had a quick count up last night and on Ravelry alone not including the stuff that I've done I counted up roughly 58 projects and that doesn't include the many ones that are sat on Instagram as well so my feeling is that after two months we're about 100 plus projects which is just absolutely fantastic and if we could get to the hundred and fifty by the end of the third month I would be, I would just be so pleased with the un- amount of money that we could raise for charity. As it stands, we're probably at about two hundred and twenty pounds. When you take into account the fact that I'm going to donate a pound for every finished object, Claudia from the Crochet Luna podcast is donating one U.S. dollar. <laughs> And Cathy and Caroline from Evertoads are going to donate one Canadian dollar up to a certain amount. That comes out at about £2.37 for each of the finished objects. So let's say we're at about 100 and look into the levels that, um everyone's donating and I reckon we're about £220 for Knit for Peace. So Thank you everyone, thank you everyone that's taking part, that is talking about it, that is using the hashtag which is hashtag festival of finishing on Instagram. I'm just, I'm loving the fact that we're doing something that helps us all move our crafting forward but also that at the end of it we're going to be able to pass quite a lot of money over to charity that will do some good and help people that need woolens in their lives. One of the things I did want to do though is point you towards somebody who's actually used the Festival of Finishing as a great push for him to start vlogging. He's been vlogging his experiences for the last few weeks now of looking at all of his projects, frogging some back, starting some, losing some. I mean that's a great way of dealing with your non-finished objects isn't it? I'll just leave them in an airport somewhere. (laughs) His name is David and he goes under the name A Boy Who Knits and he's got his own YouTube channel that he started up to um, look at his logging. Now, as I headed up the beginning of the episode with, yesterday was not great, I deleted the project notes, I deleted the episode notes for episode 19. I could have cried, I seriously could have cried, I was so done in by last night and i'd been on ravelry trying to do the catch up and um, inevitably do before i come and record the podcast and i'd seen that david had added a thread into the crochet circle podcast group link on ravelry and said that he was um he was going to record and vlog about all of his projects that he's going to go through for the festival of finishing and he crochets and he knits and i think he does lots of other things as well but He's particularly focused in on crocheting and knitting. And it, his vlogs are really short. They're kind of five to 10 minutes. He has a really lovely, warm nature about him. And so I went into watching his vlogs, feeling really quite sorry for myself. And By the end of it, I was like, okay, you only deleted some episode notes. David actually lost a nearly finished laced shawl somewhere. On his travels so actually my life isn't so bad tonight and um, he really is very enthusiastic and unknowingly cheered me up last night when I needed cheering up so thank you David thank you for that and um, go and check him out he is um, boy who knits on YouTube and I just find it really interesting to see the different projects that people around the world actually craft And he is from Brisbane, Australia. And, yeah, it's really nice to see what he's up to. So, hi, David. Um, I reckon by the end of the summer, there are going to be a lot of cleared out project cupboards. And people will be going into September. And what is traditionally, um, specifically on this side of the world, uh, coming into your crafting time when you need your woolens, they're going to be going into that new season with kind of renewed emphasis because they've had a good proper clear out of all of those things that can sit there making you feel a little bit guilty and prodding you so yeah it's been it's been a really good craft along so far and we still have a month to go so keep it going on to the sweater part of the podcast because i did promise you sweater socks and woolly wool i introduced last time round that tamara and helen we're going to start a back-to-school sweater crochet-along. Now, although the crochet-along actually starts on the 16th of September and it runs till the 17th of September, what they've done is front-ended it with a blog hop from lots of different people which will start on the 26th of August and runs through quite a bit of the the sweater crochet-along. So... I'll put all of the details into the show notes again, but it is the hashtag back-to-school sweater cal and the idea is that you get lots of support for people that are going to make garments. So let me give you a quick run-through of who is involved in the blog hop. On the 26th of August, Tamara will be doing a blog on five reasons to make a crochet garment. The next one on the 2nd of September is Current Trends and Choosing a Style That Suits You and that's Jo, as in Jojo Twinkle Tools, that will be doing that blog. On the 9th of September, Helen will do a blog on yarn choice and on the 16th of September, Joanne and Kat from The Crochet Project will be doing a blog on getting started and that places you rather nicely with lots of good detailed information ready to start your sweater crochet along on the 16th of september and then on the 23rd sam um, who is sam simple melody is going and also singing sam (laughs) is doing making alterations and then on the 30th of september i'm doing finishing and blocking and that will be over at knit it hook it on my blog that's linked to my website And then on the 7th of October, Marta will be doing designing a garment. So it might be that you've already done your garment by then, but you have an idea of a garment that you might want to design up. So Marta's blog will be specifically about the stages of designing a garment. And then between the 14th of October and the 11th of November, there will be lots of blogs and information on how we're all getting on with making our own garments crocheting our own garments and then on the 18th of november there will be a celebration of everyone's making so there'll be lots and lots of detailed information on garment crocheting helen and Tamara are doing a fantastic job on this and they've done really well to get lots of people involved there are lots of different prizes um, and prize givers on board and i'll go through some of those in a moment Um, But they've really thought about all of the different stages of crocheting up a garment. All of the information that people might need. They've done it in this lovely structured week by week blog style. And also I know that they have pulled together a collection on Ravelry. So if you go into, rather than going to the forums part for the Crochet Circle podcast on Ravelry, Go into the group part, which is on the top left-hand side of all of the the banners that you've got at the top in Ravelry. Click on groups and go into the crochet circle, podcast, and then down on the right-hand side widget bar, you will see something that is called. I think it's just called collections, and you'll see a collection there which is called hashtag back to school sweater cal. If you go into there. You will see that all of the designers that I have just mentioned so, uh, and all of the bloggers, so Tamara, Jo, um, Joanne's Grace has been in there and added some. I just added, I think it was 16 different designs that I like the look of. I added them in this morning. I think Marta has been in there as well. So all of the bloggers are adding ideas for you of garments that you could make as part of this crochet alone. So that's interesting in itself because you're seeing lots of different designs coming through and you can see people's um, garment preferences coming through as well. So we've already picked out some favourites for you, um, whether they're paid for or free, it's just an idea of some of the garments that you might want to make. So go and have a look at that as well. It's, um, It's interesting to see all the different ones that are available. So... That's where we're up to at the moment. It all kicks off in any in, in anger on the 26th of August, starting with tomorrow's blog, and it will run right the way through to the 18th of November, um, which, remember, that the crochet-along finishes on the 17th. So I will add all of those details into the show notes. I think I've already put them up into the Cal thread that I've started within the Ravelry group. So if you're a fan of crochet alongs or knit alongs, I've started a specific thread for that in our Ravelry group forum. And if you find one that you like, feel free to just go in there and add the details so everybody else can see which other um, crochet alongs and knit alongs are happening at the moment. And then what I'll do is when that crochet along or knit along finishes, I will just delete it. So it's always going to be just a page or two of current make-alongs that are happening. So keep on adding them to them and then I will just administer that thread and when something's done, I'll just delete it. So you'll always know what's relevant to you rather than what's been and gone, which is, that would just be pointless. So there's quite a nice list up there at the moment. I've got a couple more to add in, but like I say, I'm fairly sure I've already added this one in and if I haven't, It will be up by the time you're listening or watching this podcast. So here is a quick rundown of some of the prizes that have come in so far for the back to school sweater crochet along. There's a baby cardigan pattern from Marta. There are other crochet project patterns that have come through as well. There's a set of stitch markers from Helen. Three Leica crochet hooks from Tamara, Um, it may be another brand if the Leica ones don't appear quickly enough in the store that she works at, and I think I've pronounced that properly, Leica, it might be Leica, Um, and Kat and Joanne at The Crochet Project are going to offer up a 25% discount on any of their garment patterns um, or a book containing one or more garments. Um, and that will be PDF or print to crochet along participants, which is really generous of them. Um, I don't have the download code for that, but as soon as I have, I will pop it into the next podcast. But I'm fairly sure that Helen and tomorrow will pop it up onto their blogs and also we'll make sure it's in the Ravelry thread as well. So we'll get that detail to you as soon as we have it. Um, but it's summer holidays and folks are busy with their children, so we just don't have that detail yet. Um, I'm also going to give a blocking kit away from Knit It Hook It. So the kit will most likely contain four of the big blocking mats, which are large enough to hold a garment. There's no point in me just sending you two. You'll need four. Um, Size four blocking pins and some wool wash soap. And I'll also be linking you all to... uh, blocking video that I've put up under Knit It Hook It on YouTube to show you how I block my items. And then the other thing is if any of you guys are makers or designers and you want to offer up a prize for the crochet along then do get in touch with either Helen or Tamara or myself. So I think that's all I want to say on the sweater crochet-along at the moment, other than I just keep on looking at sweaters and thinking how many of them I can crochet. I definitely have one or two that I would love to get done for this crochet-along. It's quite a nice long lead-in time as well. And um, given that I shouldn't be winning a prize, maybe I can start a little bit earlier. <laughs> I can't really, kinda. Helen will tell me off so tomorrow. I'll start at the same time as everybody else. Um, But I would like to get to a point where before I do my blog on finishing techniques and blocking, I would like to be at a good natural point where I've got at least two pieces to pull together for finishing and blocking, which means I need to be able to get my first garment done fairly rapidly. So, yeah, maybe I might have to have a bit of a head start on that one. I could undo a garment that I've already crocheted, but... That would just seem silly. I'm not I'm not gonna do that. I'll just have to be speedy. I'm just gonna have to be on it instead. So, um yeah, but I could just keep on looking at everything thinking, Well I could do that and I could do that and I could do this one, especially when I was going through Ravelry this morning and I um I already had quite a few garments, crocheted garments set aside in my Ravelry library because Way back in the day, Lynn and I had done a whole section on crocheting garments, so we'd done quite a bit of research. Now, at that point, I had looked at loads of different designers that I loved and pulled together um, a decent list of the types of garments that I would want to crochet. So I was able to quickly go in and pull them across into the collection that Tamara had sorted out. So, yeah, go and have a look at that because it attributes them to the different people have that have loaded them into the collection. So if you go into it, you'll see the type of garment design that I'm interested in compared to the type that um, Joanne's Grace is interested in or Tamara's interested in or Helena is interested in. So it's worth having a look. But I'm very much garment focused at the moment. And that has borne through into my feeding habit so as you all know i've been on a mega yarn ban self-imposed completely um but i've been on this ban since the beginning of the year and i'm doing really really well i do still have to buy yarn for design because i have to have current yarn that you guys can then go and buy in the shops if you want to use the same yarn that i've used in a pattern um, However, it was my birthday and one of the things I wanted from friends and family was for them to buy me a skein of yarn each so that I could then just go and crochet up a garment and knit up a garment that I wanted that would be like my birthday jumpers, so one of each craft. And my plan had always been to use all of that money and spend it while we were away in Scotland. So I was buying very localized yarn that I could sniff and feel and really see what the colours were like uh, against my palette and make sure that it was the right yarn for the projects that I want to do and that's exactly what I did. Um, so I bought enough for two possibly three sweaters worth um and all thinking about really the um the crochet along that Tamara and Helen are doing and trying to definitely have yarn birthday yarn that will lead into one of those garments so I'm going to take you through my birthday haul and let's just say that some of it was non-regulation because I just got to the point where I was like I just want to buy some yarn I hadn't bought any when I'd been at yarn shows which was the kind of caveat that I'd given myself I don't buy any yarn but if I see some at a yarn show and I'm buying direct from the supplier, then I can do that. And I haven't done any of that so far. So I used my, I used July as a bit of a blip month. Um, but most of it was given to me through birthday presents, apart from one, which I'll show you. So, where to start? <laughs> um, this is... The first one that I'll I'll go through is the one that I think I'm going to use for one for one of my crocheted garments and it's from Shillister. Now Shillister are based on the Isle of Skye on the west coast of Scotland, and they specifically dye using natural um natural dyes. So the one that I have is dyed using Hawthorne Beddies, and it is this beautiful pinky red color of hawthorn berries and it is beautiful it's really soft to handle and it's made up of 10% baby alpaca 10% baby camel 40% or um organa there's no such thing as an organa it's 40% angora and 40% merino lamb's wool um Clearly this isn't Scottish wool but it is dyed in Scotland and this was a bit of a pilgrimage for me because I really like Chilister yarn. I love the fact that it, they use natural dyes um, and they are about to cease production as we know them. So the lady Eva that has been doing Shillister yarns natural dyeing for decades is in her 80s and is retiring in October time. Somebody else is taking over Chilister so it will still be an entity and they will still be dying yarn but it will not be Eva that's dying this yarn. So I bought a sweater's quantity of this one, the Hawthorne Berry one. It's a really lovely colour and I can't really take reds up. I'm very pale and I can't really take red up against my skin, up against my face, but this is got quite a deep pinky red so I can just about get away with it. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to use this. And if you're all Shillistair fans, I went to the shop on Sky and I was quizzing them about what's going to happen. Now, the shop will shut in October. So if you're heading to Sky and you're thinking about going and visiting the shop, it shuts in October and they will be running down their stocks. Now if you wanted to try and get some Shillester they will be doing, I've been told, a sale on their yarns in October and then gradually discounting and discounting to, uh, until all of the stock is gone and the shop will become something else, so it will no longer be the Shillester yarn shop. So they're, in, they're going to be going through a period of change And I can't see what it will be like when it comes out the other end. So that was why I had this little pilgrimage to go to Shelley's and pick up this. So sweater quantity one, I think I got six skeins of this. And it's all from the same batch. And that's something to mention is if you're ever buying naturally dyed yarn, it's quite variable from one batch to the next, I think way more so than some of the other dyes that are used. So if you want to do something with natural dyes and you need a bigger batch of them, or you're buying a bigger batch of them, then buy it all at once. It's not so. You're better off over buying than under buying because it will then be very difficult to match up that natural dyed yarn. Um, and I've, I have looked at that in the shop so I was looking at some of the different batch numbers for other batches that had also been dyed with Hawthorne and there was quite a, a big variance from one batch to the other so make sure you get your dye lots and make sure you buy from the same batch so sweater quantity number one sweater quantity number two Um, I found on the aisle it was on North Eust, I think. So, on the Friday of our holiday, we got the ferry over to Bernary from the Isle of Harris. We're staying on the Outer Hebrides. And I um, managed to pick up this, which is from the Berlin Yarn Company. I love this. Their tagline is from seafaring sheep. <laughs> and I got two. So, one is in Storm Grey and the other is in what they call Pity Brown, and it really is. Really nice marketing on their tags, and this is why the third part of the episode is called Wooly Wool, because I bought quite a lot of Wooly Wool. Um, the Storm Grey is Hebridean sheep, and they are bred on the Isle of Bernary, and it is 100 grams 220 meters so a really decent dk weight yarn and i got enough of the gray to be the base of a jumper or yeah probably a jumper i don't really do cardigans um so i think i got four or five balls of this but the idea being that that will probably carry through into a second garment and the um the pretty brown is also hebridean and the same meterage. Um, so yeah just two really nice contrasting colors and i know that this will soften up it's it's already quite soft and um, bearing in mind that i will take woolier wools than lots of people um, up against my skin um, so I only got one of the P.T. Brown because I really want that to be a contrast colour for the garment that I'm thinking of. Um, this is probably something that's going to be knitted rather than crocheted because I quite fancy doing a yoked sweater. There's one, I've got two that I'm thinking about. One of them is by Kate Davies and it's in her Inspired by Isla collection. And hers is a creamed yoked sweater with little droplets on it. And the droplets come down the yoke, and they're in a rainbow. I'm really not a rainbow girl, um. Although you, <laughs> you may think otherwise with the very colourful top I have on today, um. But I would probably do it in the gradients that I also bought from the Ewest um, wool company. So I also got five skeins from them, going through from a. Uh, kind of a creamy grey colour which has got quite nice marling through it into a slightly darker grey, darker regain, almost browny grey darker grey and then really quite a dark browny grey colour so I've got a nice base grey from the Berlin Yarn Company and then I have got five other gradient skeins I can work through maybe for the droplets and using the Petey Brown from the Berlin as my sixth colour um, color contrast for that jumper. But that's going to leave me with a lot of yarn left over, so I might even be able to do a second um, jumper. And if that's the case, then it will, I think, become an Icelandic knitting pattern that I have, which is a lope sweater, and it's called John, and I've coveted this pattern for a long long time and when I was at the Caithness craft collection retreat last year um Mel had made one and it was just it was absolutely beautiful she'd adapted the pattern a little so it had a slightly different fit on her but it just reminded me of how much I loved that pattern so I may make myself a John sweater as well but this then um, those th- kind of two to three um, sweater quantities of yarn were all birthday presents so my mum and dad were very generous and they paid for all of the stuff that came from the Uist wool mill which was a great if you're heading to the Outer Hebrides um, we only went over to the Uists for the day so you get the ferry over to Berneray and then you can drive from if you really want to um, from Berneray on to North Uist Mimbecula, South Uist and on to Eriske. So in one day you can easily do five islands though you'd be hard pushed to know which island is which because it's lots of low level water and little bits of road going over them. It was a really really good day I loved it and I loved going to see the Uist um, mill as well it's fantastic to go and see. Before we headed over to Outer Hebrides we had a night on Skye to break the journey up a little um, which meant that we had a day on Skye before we got the ferry over that night and poor Matthew, he just got lumped around everywhere that was well related for that area of Skye that we were in and I managed to go to the Sky Weavers and they have a double width rapier loom which is a pedal power loom and they let me have a go. Oh, I loved it. I absolutely loved having a go on the loom and seeing the warp and weft work and seeing how just using pedal power can create something absolutely beautiful. It was really good fun. Um, on, that was on that same day that I went to Shillister and picked up my jumpers quantity there. And then, On the way up to the ferry, I went to see Yasmin, who is at Island at the Edge. And, you know, sometimes you just come across people who are full of life, full of energy, full of tenacity, and they just, doesn't matter what life chucks at them, they'll just keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. And they're just, they have an idea of where they want to get to, and that's where they're going to get to. Now, I'd heard about um, Yasmin because she was interviewed by Tanya TG Frog on, I think it was episode four, and very much her tenacity and bubbly, lovely personality came across in that interview. But it's even more so when you go to Island at the Edge and you go and see what Yasmin is up to. They're currently living in a caravan as they build their house, which is in the most beautiful location, and... Um, and they have livestock the donkeys <laughs> and they've got chickens she's got different um sheep breeds and she has a little um chalet where she sells some of her goods from the thing that Yasmin does is actually well, one of the many things that Yasmin does is she knits Gansey sweaters and she will knit them from wool that is spun from her own livestock so, of course, I had to buy some. I didn't buy a sweater, um, quantities worth. But if I headed back up to Skye, I think I would most definitely be making a beeline for Island at the Edge again, and I would look to buy a sweater, um, quantities worth. She does also sell online. She can sell it to you. Um, and I'll provide links within the show notes. So, what I got my hands on was some Hebridean wool smells lovely and really nice and it is 232 meters so it's a five ply um, worsted yarn and it knits up as a, a double knitting. and so what I did was also bought some of her five ply gansy wool because the two went brilliantly together so you've got that chocolatey brown almost licoricey brown of the hebridean against this really lovely crisp cream of the Gansey wool and I'm thinking that these will be some form of simple colour work and probably a cowl, maybe a hat. I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on these. There's a lovely twist to the yarn and you can see little bits of flyaway fibre on it. It's got real character to it Um, and (laughs) much like the owner. I I love it when I come across people like Yasmin because they are just full of life and, you know, this is a woman whose entire house burnt down and she was telling me the stories about it and how, you know, even later that night she was still laughing and joking about stuff because she had nothing. She, you know, literally everything burnt down and she was still able to see the positivity that life can bring you and that's my kind of person. She was just glorious to meet and very giving with her time and showing us around the farm and quite often I drag Matthew along to these things and sometimes he doesn't have fun and he sits and reads his kindle and sometimes when he comes across people like Jasmine and they just re-energise you and he came away saying wow she's an inspiration and a total bundle of energy and you couldn't keep that woman down and you couldn't, she's just brilliant I would like to say that's it that's not it, I have more I was sent by Helen as in sweater, Cal, Helen hell's bells um, as a birthday present some of the little grey sheep wool. I love this stuff, I love little grey sheep you can often find little grey sheep at the shows and um, they have the most amazing array of colours and um, they've got a really lovely story backstory as well and um, they work with small family farms and incorporate their own stand fine wool and Gotland fleeces um, to be able to create this gorgeous yarn really lovely depth of color so the one that I've got is called Wonderland and it's a proper sea green and forest green mix it's not variegated it's just the way that the the dye takes and it is beautiful it's really soft and kind of bouncy really beautiful wool and again it's about a dk weight so it's 125 meters for the 50 grams if you come across the little grey sheep at a show i would definitely say go and have a look and check them out because They do quite a a different amount of weights and they do some that are more variegated yarns and some that are more solid. And they've just got a really good range. And they also do a fantastic range of minis as well. So yeah, Helen sent me this and I love it. I'm currently pondering what I'm going to make this into. Um, She also sent me uh, apologies in advance for the rattle. Really brilliant key ring. Overboard a Leicester sheep. <laughs> I love this. He went straight onto my keys. And I'm, I'll provide links for him. It's a lady who I think sells. She's either on Etsy or she's got her own website. She's called Imogen Louise. And what I really like is you get it in a little sewn up pouch. And she gives you all of the details for that British sheep breed. So she's very breed specific for this little sewn up um keyring of the border Leicester and I just I really like what she does. I like she does it all on recycled card. It's you know it's very close to what I do at Knit It Hook It um fab present love this. So thanks Helen <laughs> Try and put them down quietly. Crinkle crinkle. We're almost done. And then the final bit that I did was um before we went away one of my favourite podcasts is the Faber Friends podcast with um, Caroline and Louise and Adrian. And they, I love what they do in part because they all bring something completely different to the podcast. So, Caroline makes bags which is the Ever bags with her sister-in-law, Cathy. And Adrian dyes yarn and Louise writes patterns and they had this lovely um collaborative project together which was their 5 friends um sock pattern with adrian's yarn and it comes with one of kathy and caroline's bags and they're based in canada and i have a real affinity with canada and i couldn't say no so i did buy myself this as a little extra birthday present because well, I just, I couldn't, I wanted it <laughs> the bag has got mustard on it I want to be a fibre friend <laughs> and I was like no, I, I have to have this the yarn is uh, 75% superwash merino 25% nylon um, and it's 463 yards to 100 grams which I think is about 425 metres so kind of standard sock weight and it's in the most gorgeous teal sea green blue colours, really beautiful dyeing from Adrian and the pattern that Louise has pulled together, I'll be able to show you on a future podcast because I'll cast these on shortly, is a really nice kind of shorty sock, not quite shorty, more of an ankle sock with a lace pattern really beautiful pattern and I just cannot wait to make up these little babies and be able to show them off And I I couldn't say no, sucker. A podcaster that dyes yarn and a podcaster that designs and a podcaster that makes bags. And I love supporting podcasters. I know how much time and effort it takes to pull a podcast together. And so if I can support podcasters by buying their wares, that's what I do. And so that's my full justification for buying this kit and buying yarn. Birthday yarn though. Couldn't say no. And then given that I was having stuff sent over from Canada. I thought I should also buy one of their Canada bags. <laughs> they are incredible. Um, Cathy and Caroline make really good bags. Really amazing attention to detail and really good sewing and this one has got all of the different um regions of Canada on it and very Canadian things like geese and beavers and maple leaves and trees and lighthouses and buses and I just I fell in love with it so yes that was my little haul that was quite a lot for feeding the habit and there will be less next time because I'm not i'm not buying yarn and what i haven't shown you is the uh the mountain of harris tweed that i bought for project bags for me to have made up for my shop um because frankly if i show you that we'll be here all day just talking about harris tweed not about anything else so i won't do that to you but yeah i'm looking forward to working over you with that stuff because it's beautiful and all made on the islands as well so I think is that it for feeding that was quite a lot for feeding the habit um but again you'll see some of this quickly being made up into projects so I don't feel so bad I needed sweater quantities worth I didn't I didn't really have any and I knew that I wanted to make these birthday jumpers so seemed like a good excuse and It gave my family very specific things to buy me. Is that bad? Do other people feel like this? I would rather be quite prescriptive with what my family buy me. Rather than get lots of random stuff. That probably is naughty. But I hate the idea of people wasting their money and buying me stuff. That I don't actually really need or want. Which is why I'd rather say... Can you each give me £15 pounds and I will buy a skein of yarn. That works better for me. Maybe that is naughty. Maybe I shouldn't do that, but I, I think it leads to less waste, frankly. That's why it's one of the reasons that I do it. What an ingrate. What a total ingrate I am. It's also just because I want wool. I just want lots and lots of wool. <laughs> so I have a couple of little things for you for um, Big Up. The first is that I've just mentioned them, the Fiber Friends podcast. Um, Caroline, who is the bank maker, she's also an amazing, um, stitcher, cross stitcher. She's got a real passion for it, and she also has a real talent for it. She's very neat, and the projects that she picks out are beautiful. She has flaming loads of them on the go, though. Like uh, she's been trying to do some of them for festival and finishing. There's one in particular which I think is called. Ink circles and it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And actually, she sent me some of her, um, her thread, her silk thread in a mustard colour for me as a little extra in my, in my package from them, and it's beautiful, which clearly means I have to start a new cross stitch as well. Um, So what Caroline has done is she's actually started her own podcast, which is all about her cross stitching. And I don't know if the rest of you feel the same way that I do, but quite often I'll watch different podcasts that aren't necessarily from crafts that I do. And it's because I either have a bond with the person that I'm watching or I just really like their style. And quite often in a podcast what I'm looking for is... Oh, sounds really sad. Is a friend. I need a friend. Um but because I work from home and I work on my own, I use podcasts as much about learning craft as I do for having people in front of me like a team. Um, and with Caroline's one, I really love her cross stitches. And um, It's not something that I'm ever going to be into massively, but what I really love is Caroline's personality and the way that she comes across on camera. So... I watch her in the Fiber Friends podcast but I now also watch her individual podcast, um, which is Off The Grid Needle Arts. I'll provide a link for that, it's proving a really popular podcast, so who knew? Cross Stitch Podcasts, every bit as popular as Crochet Podcasts and Knitting Podcasts, which is just it's fantastic. So. Check her out. The stuff that she does is amazing. And she just has such a lovely nature about her anyway. She's just great fun. And as she says, she loves to talk. So um, she's always going to have a podcast. Because like me, she just, she has to get it out there. (laughs) She has to share the talking. (laughs) Um, And the second thing that I wanted to big up, I was in the supermarket the other day. I was in... um, a different one and quite often when I'm in a new supermarket I will go and check out their magazine aisle because I'm quite limited in my direct location as to which magazines I can get and I came across one that I hadn't heard of before which is called ReLoved and I know that quite a few of the people that watch the podcast and listen to it are very much into their environmental thinking into not having wastage and into recycling and reusing elements. So, I thought I would show this as a big up um, part. What really drew me to it is that they have a piece on learn a new craft skill and it's on macramé. Now, I did macramé as a kid. To be fair, as a kid I tried almost every craft going, partly because my mum had a hobby shop so I had access to lots of stuff. Of charge, it was quite good. Um, but I did macrame at Brownies, so I picked this up um, thinking that it would be great to relearn some macrame notes. The meet the maker for the macrame is a lady called Fanny Zidenius, and she's um, Swedish, really funky macrame that she's created. And this is another craft that I would love to get back into. Um, so I'm I'm gonna have a go. At some point, there may be a macramé wall hanging somewhere in my office. Um, but this magazine is full of all sorts of good stuff on how to upcycle. They've got loads of painting tips from Annie Sloan, and if you've ever repainted a piece of furniture, you'll know of her paint. Um. There's folk art. There's sewing. There are paper lanterns. There really is just a really good cross-section of how you can upcycle things. What I also like is it give you quite a lot of pictures of people's homes that are full of crafted items. And I, I really love that. Um, I love to see houses and rooms that are done out with things that have got that personal touch rather than just mass-produced stuff. So... I think for £4.99 this is actually a really good magazine. I think it's monthly and the issue that I've got is issue 45. I tried to look up who it was published by previously and I couldn't I couldn't find the detail. But it is called Reloved and I'll provide a link in the show notes. Worth having a look at. I'm not saying that I would want to get it every single month because I suspect... With all of these things you would end up with a certain degree of repetition but something that i would pick up every now and then when i'm in the shop and i happen across it definitely i would that just leaves me with what's good it's not of course it's not the only thing that i could mention but the thing that has been really fantastic was being on holiday um I've long wanted to go to the Outer Hebrides, it's a long way, (laughs) it's a really long way actually from Cheshire. So I live in Cheshire which is in kind of middle England, it's the northern part of middle England. And it took us about 9 hours just to get to our accommodation on Skye and that was before we then drove up to Ewegon Skye to get the ferry over to Tarbit. it was not for the faint hearted, we could. Where we stayed was just incredible. It was the most beautiful accommodation. It was like a hobbit hole uh, built into the side of the hill. It was all done on the round, so we had massive panoramic um, windows looking out onto the sea. And there was one day that I just sat there crocheting, watching the sea roll in. And the sea roll out and it was just lovely and peaceful and the amount of daylight that you get up there in the summer is incredible It just it doesn't get truly dark uh, at all so my plan is to pull together a blog at some point it's not going to be for a few weeks because I've got so much going on but I'll pull together a blog and I'll put into that some of the videos that we took and show you all of the little woolly adventures that I had going round the island and just some of the stuff that we did. One of my favourite parts of it and I just I still can't believe that this happened. We were coming just down the hill from the Carliway Mill and this old fella stood at the bus stop and stopped our car and he said, Can I have a lift? And Matthew said, Yes. Have you missed the bus? Ah it's been <laughs> but he still stood at the bus stop. Clearly he does this a lot and gets a lift from people that are coming away from the mill because it's a bit of a dead end up beyond the mill. So it's one way in, one way out. And um, we'd said, yeah, sure, where where are you going to? No, 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 hotel. We had no idea what he said. But he got into the back of the car and, and thankfully we were going in the direction that he needed. And I'd said, smelling quite a lot of alcohol on his breath. Said what? Uh, what are you going to the hotel for? And he says, a bottle. And I said a bottle of what? And he said water. Lie, <laughs> whiskey more like. And um, I'd said, so how long have you lived here? Well, in three weeks' time, it'll be seventy years. And I said, oh, what? What have you? What have you done with your seventy years? He said, well, I used to be a weaver. Pregnant pause. And then he said. And then I was a murderer. <laughs> uh, Matthew and I are sat in the front of my car with a 70, near 70-year-old 70 man. And I'm looking at Matthew thinking, what have we done? Who have we let into our car? And I'm sat there thinking, I can take him. If it comes to it, I'm fairly sure. If I need to like, fend off a 70-year-old murderer, I'm fairly sure I can do it. Matthew, as quick as you like, says to him, And does that pay well? <laughs> he didn't answer. And he must have waited five minutes, gone through other conversations before he said, The sheep didn't like it. He used to work in an abattoir. That was the kind that he basically used to dispatch sheep. The idea of having this fellow get in our car who just like such a dry sense of humor knew what he was doing and told us that he was a murderer and he was on his way to the hotel for a drink basically i've just i've never had an experience quite like it and i don't think i ever will again but i can imagine he does this all the time to tourists he gets a lift from them and if they're nosy enough to ask him questions he'll tell them that he was a murderer Sat there wondering how I can fend myself off with a 70 year old man who possibly used to do really horrendous things. (laughs) Until next time, get looking out your sweaters that you want to uh, crochet up. Have a look at all those garments that are already linked on Ravelry. Um, Go and have a look at Anna and Hayley's socks on Ravelry. They are amazing. And, uh, yeah, thank you to everyone that contributed to Bits and Pieces for this podcast. Thank you everyone that watches and listens month in and month out. And if you're new, hello and welcome. Um, Yeah, thank you for watching and listening. And I'll see you in a month. Bye bye. a catastrophe! Turn the screen round, you buffoon! Oh. Okay. How about maybe telling people who you are? Maybe that's something they need to know, and where they can find you and that you're on YouTube and Podbean and Instagram and Ravelry and that your name's Faye. Difficult birth episode nineteen. I've made them previously in Sockshare by coop. Why can't I say coopnets? Only this time to move away from the Sockshare um by coopnets coop coop. That that ribbit <laughs> from coopnets.